will hardly be any fun at all. Yeah, for you, Creepazoid! Black Arachnia Maximize! <laughs> Love the new look. Goodbye! Too much energy. Detected Vector 597. Oh, no! Not that! Ah! Greetings, Shell Programs. Welcome to episode 43 of Too Much Energon, the laser comb podcast where we talk about Beast Wars shit and talk shit about Beast Wars. I'm one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. I am your other host, NeoCal. What's going on, Cal? Uh, you know, doing the... Uh... The Victorian thing of complaining about it being too hot when it's actually really mild. <laughs> yeah, I think that came up on a previous episode of the podcast. So, listeners, that is very much a Victoria thing. Mm-hmm. Although, um, right now, right now, I, I I've heard a couple of people in the past few days refer to the weather right now as January, but it's, it's not been, cold. It's been pretty, it's been kind of chilly the past few days, like relatively so compared to a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I, I yeah, yeah. Like the it's cooler, but like by cool they mean like ten to fifteen degrees, and yeah. it's usually hotter by then. But it's because like it'll rain and lower the temperature, and there'll be a cloudy day, and and honestly, I fucking love that. Yeah, like twelve degrees for me is Celsius. 12 degrees, which is still cold <laughs> for some people, is like like perfect weather. It's a little chilly for me. I think my sweet spot's about 15. I, I can do 15. I, shorts and, and t-shirt, I can do 15. Mm. Can't wear any more layers than that once it gets above that. Like there was a heat warning on the East Coast, like Newfoundland, and uh, it was like temperatures approaching like 30 plus. And I'm like, man, oh, Lady Glitch, where where she is, uh, it's like 30-ish there. And I'm like, yeah. man, no, please no. And humid? No, can't can't do that. None of that for me, good sir. Uh, for anyone wondering who Lady Glitch is, she is a fan slash friend from... Uh of ours from our other podcast, Alphanumeric, where we do this, but we talk about Reboot. She's been on an episode of that. Yeah. She also Trippy episode. episode. <laughs> she also did an episode of Cartoons at Night with me, where we talked about Stan Lee's Stripperella. Fucking yes. terrible series. <laughs> but but like, it, was fun, it, was, it was a fun... It was a fun episode to, to record, though. There's, there's something freeing about just, like, ripping apart <laughs> like something right yeah i um speaking of podcasts i uh bought some books today for another podcast that i do 
picked up uh, Starship Troopers. <laughs> no, but that is in the pile. And oh. uh, believe it or not, I've never I well, not that I've never seen the movie, but like I saw it at someone's house once, like twenty years ago, when we were chilling out drinking. So, like, I've kind of seen it, but not really, you know? You, it is actually in my top 10, like, favorite movies. If you haven't seen it in a long time, you're in for such a treat. It's a Paul Verhoeven film, so, like, I mean, I'm, he, he directed, like, one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie of all time in RoboCop, so... Yeah, I was going to say, like, you're probably a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking love Starship Troopers, man. Total it, directed it, Total Recall. Um Showgirls. Which I've never oh, seen. I forgot about Showgirls. But Showgirl, it was a I remember like in the, the mid nineties, like Showgirls was this big like box office disaster and it like bankrupted the uh 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 Carol Co. Pictures, I think was who produced it. Um and they uh, it bankrupted them, and like Carol Co. like did a number of uh, fairly prolific uh, '80s films like RoboCop, Terminator, and uh, oh. just a lot a lot of um, uh, '80s genre pictures. Isn't it uh, weird how one bad thing can ruin a company? Yeah, um, especially nowadays. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, not even a whole project, one person. Yeah, just one person, yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I I never saw um Showgirls, but like it has a cult following now and it's like it's one of those it's become one of those movies that people watch because it's so bad it's good. Uh, my uncle had it on VHS. Yeah. And I had one of those TVs in my room with the VHS player built in. Uh And you're like sweet tits. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, it's like only okay. Yeah, it, it doesn't particularly deserve a cult following. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even like so bad. It's good. It's just kind of bad. Yeah, there's like boobs in it, and like it's just not like you'd watch it and you'd go, eh. I wouldn't yeah. watch it again, but it's stuck out in my head for the past like 25 or so years now. But like, I remember seeing a TV spot for it when I was like, I think 10 and this one, it's like this one dude in a club and he calls like this, one of the leads of the film, he calls her a stripper and she's like, I'm a dancer. (laughs) (laughs) It's like all I know. What do you say? Lady. (laughs) Yeah. It's like all I know of, um, of, uh, of showgirls is just that that one little line of dialogue from this random TV spot. But now the uh, the books that I did pick up today, I picked up uh, the Hunt for Red October, uh, which I haven't read since I was a teenager. But uh, because I was an old man in a, uh, I was a middle aged man in a teenager's body. I read quite a bit of Tom Clancy when I was in my mid teens. I know we've discussed this. We have, yeah, yeah. But um, I found that when we init- when I initially found out that you had read some, I'm like, but you're not a 50-year-old conservative. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't love guns. I, well, why is Christopher no, I reading this? 
I have this bizarre. It's so affinity. bizarre that you've read them. You're like the only person and the only millennial, I swear, that's like read, read any Tom Clancy. I have this bizarre affinity for like, um, kind of like nuts and bolts espionage. Yeah, and I don't know. So I, can I don't see that. Yeah, I I don't know why, but I just it's always appealed to me. Um, Metal Gear Solid, Tom Clancy books. There you go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Hunt for Red October, and uh, uh, by the way, the um, uh, the these books are were purchased for my podcast based on where me and my partner talk about movies based on books and the books they're based on. Uh, so we talk about a movie and a book. Yeah, and I think in each podcast a episodes out already. Uh, we have three episodes Ooh. out now. The latest one uh, just dropped. It's about where the wild things are. Check it Ooh. out. It's actually a um, uh, it was a good recording. Cool. Good. The um, movie's weird, huh? It is. It's a very it's strange so film. Weird. It's strange, but it's almost scary, but like not. It's I I had never seen it until it's, like last weekend, but uh, it's a Spike Jones film. Spike Jones being the director of Being John Malkovich, so I'm yeah. not really surprised at it. What a weird it, choice. <laughs> the The movie is very much like Spike Jones, like completely unhinged. Like it's Spike Jones, like leaning into all of his weird eccentricities. Um, but just go listen to the podcast. Well, go check it out. Yeah, yeah. And, and listeners, if you're you're curious for, of about my thoughts, um, just go listen to based on. Where the wild things are, it's uh, yeah. Talk about it's it for choice. about an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so Hunt for Red October. Uh, what else did I pick up? I picked up uh, L.A. Confidential by Jam- James Elroy. L.A. Confidential. Uh, it was. Never seen that or read I've it. seen. I've seen the movie. I've never read the book, but the movie uh, was nominated for Best Picture in 1997 the Oscars and totally should have won. And uh, it lost out to tie, you know, like a stupid little movie that no one remembers about a boat that sank directed by some guy named Cameron. Stupid little boat. (laughs) (laughs) Only the second highest grossing movie of all, or I guess it's third now for a while. Isn't it? it isn't it like ninth? Like Mar- the Marvel movies keep like pu- chunking that back a bunch. I think it's still everyone's tossing money at it. I think it's third. It's, it's still wow. Which, if you adjust for inflation, like it's that's what I mean. I was like, still even like yeah. That's uh, uh but yeah, LA Confidential lost out to Titanic and tight Ty- like Titanic is a like a really good movie. It's pretty good. But- it is, yeah. Titanic's um, number three. You're right. Yeah. What? Um, that, wow. <laughs> LA Confidential. I just assumed recent movies would be beating them, right? But LA Confidential's better, you say. <laughs> it is. It's a great film. I haven't seen it in probably about a decade or so, I've if never not seen more. It. But uh, yeah, be covering that on the podcast eventually. And I also bought uh, American Psycho, which is one of my favorite books of all time. And for whatever reason, I just never actually owned a copy. 
I always borrow it from the library whenever I want to read it. Yeah, that's that's when I, I read it. I don't know if I got through it. I would always read like four books at a time and then finish out of them. Yeah. That's a good the one. Video. That is how I play video games. Shares. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, how many movies? Were there, was it, There's two, or is there one? Based on the... Loosely on the book. Uh, there is one movie that is based on the book. It's not the most faithful adaptation, but I think it kind of... It captures the essence of the book well enough. Um, it It... Okay, it's faithful. It just omits a lot. Yeah, um, Christian Bale, I think Christian Bale. Yeah, and he he's perfect as uh, Patrick Bateman. Um, there was Absolutely. a direct, <laughs> there was a direct to video sequel that came out, I think, in two thousand three, starring uh, Mila Kunitz. I think I watched that. Never saw it. Like at midnight somewhere. <laughs> Never had any interest I... in seeing it. No, it's not great. I, I've seen it. American Psycho 2. Psycho Harder. <laughs> American Psycho 2. Kiss Kiss A. Kiss Kiss A. Yeah. Mila Kunis is... Yeah, I, I've seen that. Um, But I don't think... What's his name is in it? Christian Bale. Yeah. I I would be amazed if he was. I remember right. I remember when he got uh cast as uh Bruce Wayne for Batman Begins. So and everyone would... bitched and said it was terrible. Well, I don't remember that, but like oh, I remember okay. I remember uh I remember people flipping out about Heath Ledger as the Joker. And look how that turned out. Amazing. Yeah. Um no, I, I, I remember uh, just on like the like the corners of the internet that I was running in at the time were either like metal forums or like Star Trek shit. Like metal the forums usual. are like sci-fi type stuff. And I knew Christian Bale as the dude from American Psycho. Because like I saw American Psycho when it first came out when I was like yeah. 15. Yeah. I was like... I was like, hey, this movie's up my alley. I'll go check it out. And then I ended up reading the book. Um, but like, that's what I knew Christian Bale from. Like, to me, he was always just Patrick Bateman. And right. everyone on like whatever, like whatever, like metal forum or like sci-fi, like nerddom forum that I was that I was a member of at the time were always like, oh, that's the guy from Equilibrium. Which was a movie I had never even heard of at this point. I ended up. I had only it. watched Equilibrium years, like later. Like I think The Machinist was. Yeah, I had seen before. Yeah, I didn't even know Equilibrium existed until like two thousand years later. Well, I ended up seeking out Equilibrium just because, like, so, like, all of these, like, everyone was <laughs> like, "Oh, it's the guy from Equilibrium," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, I'll go check that out." And like all of these people were like, oh, but uh, uh, oh, American Psycho. I don't even know what that is. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> Weird that they would reference something so outlandish as Equilibrium. And like and this wasn't. Know... 
The, American yeah. Psycho isn't a small film. No, it's not. <laughs> was it some indie film that like never hit theaters? Well, it was an independent film, but I just meant it wasn't like a, a Sundance festival, like like unknown, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. He's the equilibrium guy. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> uh, I think what it just came down to was nerds weren't watching movies about yuppie businessmen hacking and eating people. <laughs> They have their priorities um, in the wrong they, place. They, I they, love were, they, they were watching weird uh, dystopian sci-fi films about gun katas. Gun foo. <laughs> <laughs> the Grammaton cleric learns his gun foo. <laughs> oh, Grammaton. Wow. Yeah. And hey, Sean Bean dies in that movie. What a shock. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I get bored and I go and watch like a Sean Bean death reel, and it genuinely does seem like he asks to be. He only takes parts where he dies. I can name <laughs> a movie off the top of my head where he lives. I used to be able to, and I can't think of it right now. Silent Hill. Damn it! <laughs> I remember but watching. He dies um, in the sequel. I that pissed me off. <laughs> like. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh shit! They're like, oh shit! He slipped through the death cracks of the the script of the first film. We better fix that in the sequel. I found fucking Silent terrible Hill 2, sequel. By the way, so it has its problems. Some people really don't like the Silent Hill movie. Even non Silent Hill fans are like, eh. I think it's just a joy. I I love it. I I don't know why the the, the effects. Um, I think the I think journey, Silent Hill. I think Silent Hill is probably still the best video game movie. The, the, there you go. I My, would agree. I would actually agree. I like it. I like that, it a lot. That film has some hope. The The biggest problem with it is the the dialogue in the film is pretty hokey at times. A little, a little. But I think the main plot and the conflict is delivered pretty well. As well that as the unknown terror of the, the movie. And, and like you can tell that the movie was made by people who really liked the games. I feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I, I genuinely feel, including like the the little like dudes with this like yeah. chest bursting open and yeah, and spraying the acid. Yeah. Um, they straight up use the score from the games in the film. Akira Yama Yama oh, Yamaoka. Yamaoka. Yeah. I. <laughs> It was like, I'm never going to be able to remember this, but there it was. That being said, and again, I, I love that Silent Hill 2 is one of the few movies I would give zero out of 10. <laughs> it's a shame, too, because, oh, like, because like it's based on uh, the game Silent Hill 3, which is actually my favorite That's... controversial opinion. It's my favorite installment in the series. And, oh, man. I like it. I like Silent Hill Three Kid Harrington's in it. He doesn't save it. This is before Game of Thrones. It's weird because the well, first time I watched it was well, after no, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was already out by this point. But when it had only been it? on the air for about a year or so. Oh, I, I thought it was he did it like right before, but he must have done it right after it started. 
Okay. Yeah, because Game of Thrones came out in like I think it was March 2011, and Silent ago? Silent Hill uh, Revelation <laughs> came out sometime in 2012. Why was that so bad? And I wanted to like it because I like the the plot of of three. Yeah, right? me too. Um, it's mind fucky and deals with reincarnation, blah 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 blah. But it's it's very Silent Hilly, and I think it has the most amount of endings. So there's like something dumb like seven endings. If you include no, that's all, like, no, that's two. Uh, Silent Hill three, two? yeah, Silent Hill three only has three endings. Oh, but they're all se- are they all serious? No nope. endings. No, is, nope. is there 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 are two serious endings, and there's the UFO ending. Okay. <laughs> the UFO ending in that game is uh, pretty hilarious, and you get a uh, a very fun song that plays at the end. I'm gonna go and Google it because I've never. You should. It's uh, okay. oh, what's it called? Um, I don't know. Just like Google, like uh, Silent Hill three UFO ending credits music. Anyone listening that's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? It's like a running gag that one of the the, the joke endings for Silent Hill games is UFOs did it. <laughs> Silent Hill 2 also had a joke ending called the dog ending. Where uh, you find out like, you find out everything is just been the machinations of a like dog, an alien dog in like a control room with a bunch of monitors. Right. <laughs> I remember watching after I beat it the first time, I just went and like online and like read and looked up how you get the other ones. The the other endings, right? That, um the, I remember waiting it but I never never watched them. The way you get endings, like the different endings in that game, like is so nuanced. You wouldn't I, I don't know how people figure it out by Trial and error. Yeah, it's uh, like I, I replayed through it. I think like maybe maybe a year or two ago, two or three. two years ago, two Silent Hill two. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to get the in water ending because that's my favorite ending in the game. Um, right, right, right. Which is kind of kind of <laughs> it's kind of grim, but basically he like feels bad about what he's done, so he decides to drive his car into a lake and kill himself. I don't know. I just. Whatever. It was always my favorite ending of Silent Hill 2. So I was trying to get, get that, that naturally. I never got that one. Uh, I got it naturally the first time I ever played through Silent Hill 2, weirdly How enough. How do you get it? Do you remember? No, I don't know. But like I looked up when I was playing through the game, I was playing through the um playing through the like Xbox 360 uh Silent Hill HD collection version. On my Xbox One through backward compatibility. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so I was playing through that version. And like I said, I was trying to get the in-water ending. So I, I looked up on the internet, like exactly what I had to do and all the steps I had to follow. And I still didn't get it. Like I didn't, I just. Hold up. So over a decade ago, you got it on your first playthrough. Two decades ago. Dude. Oh, fuck, man. I. I played it. I, we're I old men. <laughs> yeah, I didn't play it on PS2, but uh, not a launch title. But very shortly after the original Xbox came out, like the original Xbox came out in like November 2001, and I think in like December 2001 they came out with uh, Silent Hill 2: Restless Dreams, which was Silent Hill 2, but it had an extra chapter. Oh, where you played oh. as uh, oh. Maria the 
woman that's the following woman him the... around. Ooh, yeah. yeah, things don't end well. For yeah, her. yeah. <laughs> that that was part of a time in the original Xbox's life cycle where uh, or Microsoft had a mandate where if a game was to be ported from another platform to the Xbox, it had to have exclusive content, additional content. Yeah. It was, it was a mandate in like the very early days of the original Xbox. So you got stuff like that. The um, the like original Spider-Man movie movie game had like a bonus level on the original Xbox version and just stuff oh, like that because it came out slightly after the PS2 version. So they're like, got to have extra content. So when you played Silent Hill 2 again, looking up a guide, you still didn't. I, I, I wasn't end. able to get it, but I got it organically back in the day. <laughs> wild. Yeah. Wild. Speaking of wild, uh, we we got some wild beasts running about on planet Energon. We really do. We really do. This is episode 43 of Too Much Energon, and we're going to get into talking about... Uh, this week's episode of Beast Wars in just a moment. But first, here's a word from our Patreon. Do you want to hear more Lasercomb content each week? Is one episode of Too Much Energon or Alphanumeric just not enough? Then subscribe to Lasercomb Patreon, where starting at a mere $5 Canadian per month, you get exclusive bonus recordings of Christopher Siege, NeoCal, and AP Sniddler shooting the shit, access to the Lasercomb Discord, monthly shoutouts, and more. Higher tiers include bonus video content, the ability to pitch future podcast content to us, a free t-shirt, and more. Support Too Much Energon and Alphanumeric by joining the Lasercomb Patreon today. Dem curves, though. Yep. Uh, so this week on Too Much Energon, we are reviewing the ninth episode of Season 3 of Beast Wars, Crossing the Rubicon. It originally aired on February 21st, 1999. It is the 48th episode over of Beast Wars overall, and it was written by DC Fontana, uh, who, we've, oh. who, we've, who we've talked about before on... Uh, various podcasts because uh dc fontana was the one of the lead writers on the original star trek the original series um she was a pretty prolific tv writer in the 60s 70s and 80s and oh, she yeah. also wrote uh the greatest episode of reboot we've seen thus far season mm -hmm. three episode of reboot uh what was it where no sprite has gone before yeah uh, she she wrote that one it's yep. evident in the first five seconds and it really <laughs> doesn't Andrea, let up. Andrea's log. Yeah, we listeners, we we loved that episode of Reboot. So go check that out on our uh, podcast, uh, Alphanumeric. Uh, mm -hmm. That episode's available now. Um, yeah, so... Crossing anyway, the get, Rubicon. Uh, I... <laughs> I feel really dumb, but I actually didn't know what crossing the Rubicon meant. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should have Googled it. Um, so the Rubicon, this is from the uh, from tfwiki.net. 
The Rubicon is a river in Italy. During the Roman Republic era, it was illegal for a Roman general to have his army cross it, thus protecting Rome from a military threat. Julius Caesar crossed it and started the civil war, which, which would eventually lead to Rome switching from a republic to an empire. During this, he uttered some Latin bullshit, which it uh, translates to, the die is cast. Today, crossing the Rubicon is an idiom, uh, meaning to go past the point of no return. Uh, <clears throat> hmm. The clever so title. Caesar says some Caesar bullshit and did the unthinkable. Yep. He Dreamed had, the undreamable. He dared to dream. Yeah. And look where it got him. A knife in the torso. That's how Caesar died, right? Just one knife. Well, some sometimes it likes to make it seem like really dramatic. Like every, everybody present stabbed him. Yeah, he was like, he was like stabbed like in the middle of his like, not court, but like. Uh, something like that, yeah. Something like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like <clears throat> Usurped, it, he was usurped. A2 yeah. Brute and all that. Him and his homies were all assembled in a uh, in a big room, and someone like stabbed him in the abdomen. <laughs> I like our review, <laughs> detailed, in depth, perfect knowledge review of um, <laughs> of um, the demise of Julius Caesar. <laughs> you come here for history lessons, folks. <laughs> and like, I don't know, his like homies like stabbed him. One of them was named Brute or something. He was like supposed to be his best friend. <laughs> Wu Tang or Wu Tang? A two Wu Tang. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! He was stabbed in one of the thirty six chambers. Oh shit! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he lived fast and died hard. He lived free and died hard with a vengeance. With with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> two. Uh, anyway, so episode uh, opens with uh, Black Arachnia like out in the forest, uh, setting up a stasis with like a stasis pod fashioned just like the one in uh, Feral Scream that Megatron put uh, used to make Dino Clone too. And so she's got the the transmetal driver. And oh, she's... is that what that yeah device is? Yeah, okay, so admittedly, and yes, I watch these episodes week to week. We've never missed a fucking week. I forgot except, what the fuck that was. Except for Christmas. Well, yeah, it's Christmas. I forgot what that was. And I was like, what is that? Why does she have it? It kind of see, looks familiar. <laughs> but like, I, I think, and I remembered us talking about it now that I'm thinking about it. We were like, when did Megatron get that? Like, remember, yeah. just off screen, he just had it in season three, and we were like, eh, okay. Yeah, no, it's literally never explained. So that would explain why I forgot what the fuck it was. Yeah, it's never explained what the transmetal driver is, where it came from, how Megatron got it, how it functions. And I bet indeed... you're wondering how I got this. <laughs> and then he's do like, you, do, do, you remember... know, do you want to know how I got these scars? Do you remember the time that I was a ship? <laughs> remember when remember when Megatron was a ship 
That was a weird trip, huh? Same episode that um, oh right, Bird right. Mom the, and Tigatron got right up. the the alien biodome, right, right. <laughs> he was a ship, and he was like, "I'm all powerful now," and like his face came out of the side of the ship, and he like talked at them and like beamed them, and it, weird, weird yeah. stuff. It was weird. Yeah, so Black Arachne is like doing some shit with the uh, the transmetal driver. Uh, already, like in this scene, like you can put two and two together. She's trying to make herself a transmetal. They've been alluding, they've been building up to it. Oh, I've been waiting like so many episodes for this, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's uh, um, purely by coincidence, a uh, a local toy store around here. Uh, in Victoria, BC, on their Instagram account the other day, posted a uh, video where, like, they were just showing off, like, they have a whole bunch of new, like, Transformers and Beast Wars figures. And they had Transmetal 2 Black Arachnia there. And I was very tempted to actually go pick it up today. The one you have is better. Yeah. I'm a, I don't know. If, it, if it's there, like, sometime, like, if it's there next time I go in, which... Who knows when that'll be? Then maybe, but yeah, if it's a reasonable price, yeah, I think it was like fifty bucks. I don't think that's reasonable, man. <laughs> well, it's also a toy I have no nostalgia for because I had already stopped buying toys by that point. If Black Arachnia was like your favorite character and you wanted everything Black Arachnia, fine. But like fifty bucks for also, it's not her best form, in my opinion. Like, it, it's not as good-looking as her original form. I like Transmetal 2 Black Arachnia, but... She's I mean, not horrendous, but original OG Black Arachnia is my favorite. Like, I'm going to hold this up for the audio listeners. I'm going to hold up a figure of Beast Wars Cybershark. I bought this at that same toy store, I think, for 45 But this is a toy that I had back... Beast Wars toy that I had back in the day, and it was one of my favorites. He's boss. Cybershark's yeah. not on the show. No, he's like, not. It's a shame. I would have loved Cybershark instead of Death Charge. <laughs> yes. Right. They, there was even a Transmetal Cybershark, and it's like, man, you could have just made Transmetal Cybershark like Death Charge. Yeah, and, and Death Charge can fly in his manta ray form. So what's wrong with a shark flying? <laughs> I think Transmetal Cybershark could actually fly, at least in the, there, like, there he go. wasn't in the show, but like in the, I think in the, like the stats card or whatever on the back of the packaging, it's like, he can fly. Also, he thinks happy the, thoughts. The Maximals deserve an Inferno, like, character on their team, <laughs> right? Just an, in, an insane. Super aggro. Yeah. Why not? Um, to fill in the aggression gap that Dinobot left. <laughs> so, uh, so Black Arachnia is like doing some shit and like lightning striking and whatever. And Silverbolt gets like an energy reading. Yeah. Vector 010. And Silverbolt swoops in and sees this going on. Black Arachnia is like, hit me with your best shot. <laughs> and uh, gets electrocuted. Gets, gets electrocuted with, like, purple lasers or whatever, and Silverbolt's like, Black Arachnia! My, my beloved! Lady, my beloved! 
and he like charges toward and interrupts and interrupts the whole process, fucks everything up, and they both get blasted back. And Black Arachnia is like, basically, like you fucking idiot, like you, <laughs> you just ruined my plans. Well, actually, what she says is, you ruined a full deck of cycles worth of work. <laughs> Oh, all right, folks. Uh, here it is again. This uh, the the latest edition of of uh, uh, on this week's episode of Too Much Energon. It's the latest edition of What's That Cycle Mean? What's that cycle, indeed? Okay, so a deca cycle. Okay. I mean, seems to be about ten days. Okay, but that is because they've only been on Planet Energon for forty-eight weeks now. It's ten days, but it's mentioned in the original in OG Transformers about specifically how long. Okay, so it's about. I I mean, I mean, what else are they doing on the show? Who cares? It's was, 10 days. I was going to say, like, I mean, that's annoying and that would piss me off. But it's like, it's not like you can't, like, there's no coming back from that. It's like, okay, she didn't, well, they I'm, didn't destroy the artifact. Yeah. Like, it's still, it's still there. Um, Maybe it destroyed the, the pod. And they have a limited amount of them. Maybe. Maybe, but don't they have like four of them? I, I don't know. I don't know. Those things are everywhere. But yeah. I guess like um, the uh, the Axelon had a like complete like cargo hold full of like unused like empty stasis pods. But the Axelon's like at the bottom oh, of the river now. Yeah. So maybe they are in short supply. Who knows? Also, I think Silverbolt made the. Uh... Sorry, I'm getting some dust allergies here. I get dust allergies, and one of the weird side effects of them is like, other than eyes watering, is like feeling like I need to yawn. Mm. I don't know how to describe it. So like, I'll be like indoors, right? And if it's like stuffy and like people will be talking to me and it'll be like three in the afternoon and I'll just be like yawning and they're like, am I that boring, man? And I'm like, <laughs> I can be doing anything, watching a movie, like jogging, like whatever. And if my allergies are like going off, it's like a, a weird feeling. Like I need to don't get enough oxygen. So there, there was one episode of the podcast, like maybe two months ago where you were yawning throughout it. And when I was like listening to it, like I didn't really notice while we were doing the show, but when I was listening to it, like a week or so later, I was like, wow, was he like just bored through this episode? <laughs> It's just something that happens and I hate it. Yeah. I, I don't don't know why. Hate it. Um I used to work in uh hospitality industry and stuffy mm. old hotel. Oh kind of gets yeah. dusty sometimes. And a guest would be like talking to me and I'm just like, Yeah, oh yeah, I can help with that. Yeah, yeah, just want <laughs> just yawning all the time. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. You're not boring. I I hate it so much. Because I actually like this episode. I'm not bored talking about it by any means. <laughs> I just had a late night, you know? <laughs> I really didn't. 
<laughs> like I slept like a long ass time. Um, so so where were we? Silverbolt like saves Black Arachnia. I think he made the right call because in the scene where they're lying on the ground, like recovering, she's like half melted and scorched. Yeah. Like she's not in good shape. So if he hadn't come along, maybe she'd just be dead. Maybe. 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 I don't know. And yeah, she like complains about the fact that like she's still the same old her and Silverbolt's like, what were you doing, lady? And she explains that like she's trying to make herself a uh, trans metal because like, well, if Megatron... She desires power. Yeah, she desires power. And if Megatron can do it, why can't I? And then she like shorts out and he's all like, my lady, my fairest of loves. <laughs> Deepest uh, of roots. Yeah, she shorts out and faints and uh thorniest of roses. So something's wrong with her. Because corniest of phrases. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, something's wrong I with her. I don't hate Silverbolt. <laughs> uh, Christopher is eh. He he's a well beloved character. Uh, I'm just not, not one a of fan. His fans. <laughs> no, no, and I've I've talked about it on the show before, but yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm not uh, Team Silverbolt, if you will. I was, oh Jesus! I was Team um, Tigatron, but like, mm. where's my homie at? Fuck. Yeah. Anybody like tuning in that hasn't been following us like uh, for every episode of Too Much Energon, like this is the first time from beginning to end I've gone through. So I like genuinely yeah. don't know if that's ever explained or if Bird Mom and, and Tiger Bot are just fucking gone forever. Mm -hmm. It's distressing. It bothers me. Why would they move two of the most interesting Maximals off of the show? You know what? In, I, I was actually thinking this when I was watching, because uh, I've watched this episode twice now, as I usually do. I usually, yeah. I usually watch an ep, uh, like the the episode of the week. I usually watch it on like we we record on Thursdays, which is when these episodes go live late Thursdays. Um, I usually watch the episode on Monday, and then I'll watch it again on Thursday, just like just before we start recording. Yeah, so I've watched so this episode. Yeah, so just to make sure I've got everything down. And I was thinking earlier that I think one of the biggest failings of season two and three of this show is the they got rid of most of the interesting characters and the ones that they replaced them with Suck just, ass. just aren't nearly as great. Like Scorponok and Pterosaur, fucking great. They get rid of them. Who do they replace them with? Quick Strike. What in tarnation, indeed. Um, listeners know that like Quick Strike is easily, without needing to think about it, my least favorite character. He's so uninteresting. They get rid of uh, Tigatron and Air Razor, and like, then they kill off Dinobot. And like, who do they all get replaced with? Fucking Depth Charge. Like, we're not, we're not great fans of, of Depth no, Charge. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, and 
Yeah, yeah. I just I, I think that's the the biggest issue that I'm having with seasons two and three is they just they got rid of some of the best characters and replaced them with characters that uh, come up short, especially uh, in comparison. Yeah. In comparison, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like the care for so Rampage is okay. Rampage's story and his psychopathy, I'm more interested in. I want him to get revenge on Megatron, right? Um, he, he's a weird, interesting, like, supervillain being controlled by another supervillain. Yeah. In a way, right? But we don't see him plotting, and we don't get many Rampage episodes. No. Um, he has a line in this episode that made me laugh. I'll point it might out. Might be the one I'm... Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was... Um, there was... Who is that weird, like non-animal trans alien transmetal oh uh transmutate that was a trip i think we yeah. both liked liked that one. Oh um, yeah yeah that episode got a too much energy on from both of and, us and rampage's involvement in it and his hard projecting like i i wanted more of that yeah yeah so so rampage has been an okay addition yeah um i, so I would agree both, with that i didn't I Death didn't like Rampage at first because like at first he was kind of just, you know, another like Inferno, Inferno like another just like, <laughs> Yeah, just another like bleh, bleh. you will burn. Yeah, he was just another like kind of insane whack screaming wacko. But just uh, a little more powerful. Yeah. Yeah, just like way way bigger and way stronger, but he got he very quickly got more interesting, like within like an episode or two. And the story therein implies that, like, Optimus Primal isn't completely innocent. Because for a brief, like, four-second flashback, it shows, like, Optimus being involved. Yeah, and until in now, dad. like, we, we've always, like, Optimus has always been depicted as being kind of an altruistic character. And it's like, hmm... Hmm. I'd like to know more about this because maybe he isn't as uh, squeaky clean as we've been led to believe. Mm -hmm. And the secret mission of the uh, Axelon. Yeah. The ditch. Like he, his crew didn't know about it. Yeah. yeah. But it was the ditch X on, on a planet. Well, I think uh, I got the impression that Rhinox knew. Right. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like. Yeah. Because, like, when Cheetor was like, oh, pro, uh, uh, there's a big-ass stasis pod, and it has a big, bad-looking X on it, and Rhinox was like, oh, or he was like, he was like, Primus, help us if that thing survived. So he knew what was up. Right. Yeah. But the others didn't. No. And, but yeah, like, Depth Charge, initially, it's like, oh, a bounty hunter that's, like, chasing him. Oh, no, he's getting revenge. I'm like, good setup. And he's water-based. Oh, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Wasn't as cool as I thought it no. would be. Wasted. I don't even have a problem with Manta Ray face. I mean, it's eerie when he talks, but I don't have a problem with it. Don't have a problem with the way it looks. Just... Uh, I I have a problem when he is, like, spitting discs out of it, being like... Like a fish spitting pebbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking weird, and I don't like it. <laughs> weird and we don't like it no so crossing the rubicon um 
so yeah, so they're they're back at uh, Ark Mountain, and Black Arachnia is getting examined. And Primal's by, given, by, given her shit <laughs> by, by the Maximals, and basically Rhinox says that uh, her uh, Predacon shell program is infecting her Maximal core. Yeah. So I guess like when the the trans like when the she got hit with that surge from the transmetal driver, I guess it like fucked something up. Because it wasn't a natural process. Yeah. Fucked something up in her and she's gonna keep um having these like like energon seizures. Until she goes, yeah, energon seizures, yeah. Until she like goes insane. Eventually, Rhinox says that eventually, yeah, eventually she'll go insane, and then will basically just turn into a blank. And he just potato, yeah, yeah. And like the the only solution is to Rhinox is like, well, I could try just removing the shell program. Problem is, it's never been done before. And Black Arachnia is like, oh, great. Either I drool, I I'm drooling oil for the rest of my life, or I'm a maximal. <laughs> Either she's a vegetable, or yeah, yeah. Um, this is interesting because, like, they had mentioned on the show taking out her um, shell program and restoring her to a maximal. Yeah, but she was like, uh, "It's dangerous, so I don't want to do it." And now they're in the position where they have to. Yeah, and she seems so a lot I more like willing now. Continuity. Well, yeah. Yeah, she's more willing because the, alter- the alternative choice, is, she- is is like in a slow, painful. is like a slow descent into madness and then death. Yeah. So so doesn't have much of a choice. It. Yeah, it's never been done before. Yeah, and Optimus is like grilling her, like, "Where did you get the transmetal driver anyway?" And she's like, "I kind of borrowed it." Yeah. Who had it? Megatron, right? Uh, no, uh, Depth Charge had it, remember? Because Death Depth Charge got it, and then he just like was like, huh, well, whatever, and like tosses it over his shoulder. It tossed it off a cliff the into the lava. Like, and she the was like, time to defy gravity. And... Yeah. And she all just like Spider-Man's down to like <laughs> to retrieve it. She falls faster than gravity. <laughs> right, right. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I remember this now. <laughs> right, and he got it from. I. How did that? Uh, uh, when the uh, the thing that like the device on uh, Frankenstein's ridge. Dr. Frankenstein's Ridge, when the, oh, the device yeah. like exp- the device exploded because Cheetor like ended up flying into the like energy beam and then like that shorted him out and it caused the whole device to explode. And the transmetal driver, that was the I think. Artifact. Yeah, the transmetal driver kind of just like landed in front of Depth Charge. And he's just like, I'll take this. Yeah. So instead of handing it over to the Maximals and being like, hey, what do you guys think? He's like, no good can come of this. And he tosses it into the lava, right? Okay. Well, no one needs this piece of trash. Yeah. (laughs) I I think he knew it was powerful, but he was like, you know what? This isn't for us. And so privately made the decision that it's better off destroyed. Maybe, but it's not played that way in the episode. 
Oh, it's it's not. He's just like, eh. it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is useless. Useless. Pretty much, yeah. So, um, yeah, oh, where are we? So the reason this has never been done um, is because Predacons and Maximals are separate uh, bots. They're separate beings. Yeah. Planet Energon is weird because all of the new Predacons that aren't part of the initial ship crew are converted Maximals. Yeah. So that's why this is all all weird and it's never been done. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I feel like like the the situation here with uh creating new Predacon soldiers out of maximal protoforms, like that's just something out of necessity. Like that's not really a thing like back on Cybertron no. that they're that's they're gonna need to do. It's like if they need new Predacons, they'll just make new Predacons. Yeah. Predacon protoforms. <laughs> they, a boy Predacon and a girl Predacon mate, and they lay a solid Predacon cube, and that hatches. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Apparently, uh, there weren't even male and females. They Cybertronians emulated gender from like a race they met. Yes. Yeah. So they just make new ones. Uh, but I don't know the, the processes of it. I assume it's like very energy intensive. Uh, I've gone through or I've gone through. I've gone over this, I think, on a previous episode of the podcast. Uh, I talked about this on Reddit as well. And like a lot of people liked my idea. I mm. think like how lineage works, at least like the, the subject of lineage anyway, works in the world of Transformers is... Basically, like when sparks are extinguished, they go in, they rejoin the matrix. And when new sparks are created, bits of energies from various different sparks are taken right. and compiled into a new spark. And then, so that new spark can have like the energy of like part, like parts of the energy of like, say, Optimus Prime spark and like, I don't know. Which is how you get Optimus Primal or Megatron pre being uh, descendants. Yeah. Descendants. Yeah. Um, Your parts of multiple energies. So it's like a reincarnate. It it matches the show. Like, yeah, yeah. Spirits are real. Reincarnation is real. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you telling me that now. And um, that's a, that's a Christopher theory. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a great one to post on Reddit. Uh, I'm a big fan of that, and it makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah, I like it. I wonder who Silverbolt's a <laughs> descendant of. <laughs> uh, um, Jetfire. I'm just yeah. Throwing at that at out least there. at least some Jetfire. I can yeah, see yeah. that. Yeah, I like it. Jetfire and. Someone else more boring. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Somebody else noble. Uh, Maybe a little Ultra Magnus. Maybe, yeah. I can see it. I, yeah. In the way that Ultra Magnus is kind of gullible. <laughs> in a, in a uh, hopeful way. Hopeful. I'll say hopeful. There we go. 
in a uh, idealistic way. Idealistic. There we go. Thank you. He, oh, my poor. I want to like Ultra Magnus so bad, but he's um, makes a lot of mistakes. <laughs> Anyways, we'll uh, we'll we'll get to that um, down the road Soon. on this podcast. Soon. So uh, there's a there's a romance scene between Silverbolt and Black Arachnia. Yeah, and it's kind I of like the same. their relationship, but it's this it's the same it, it's the same old shit. Like she's like, I like being a bad girl, and he's like, But you're only you're... bad. You're a good girl. You're a, you're only bad because of Tarantulas's Predacon shell programming. I see the goodness in your heart. And it's like just it's the same kind of shit that we've seen in like half a dozen episodes already. He likes bad girls. He just don't want to admit it. Yeah. He likes the uh he likes the girls and the the leather jackets with the studded collars and little step on him. <laughs> Smack him around a little bit. Wearing 3 inches of blood, cut off crop top <laughs> t-shirts. Yeah, you you know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one one side one side of her head is shaved, and she's got like a couple eyebrow piercings and like a nose piercing. And uh, keep 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 going. But I, but I, bunch <laughs> of tattoos like running. I'm just describing like chicks that I like. I, oh, I thought you were describing because <laughs> I was like, this is like on. human. This is <laughs> like what black arachne would look like as a human. She would have like she would have like dangly earrings that have spider webs. Yeah, uh, so maybe maybe smaller ones. She'd have to know martial arts because Black yeah. Arachnia kicks butt. Yeah, man, I wish I, I could draw. I wish I could draw better than I could because, like, I I would want to draw this fan art, just like human Black Arachnia. I'm getting back into art. I'm I'm not great at it, but my my partner could definitely do that. Sweet, if they wanted. I I, I if oh, man. I wish I had the motivation. I, my mood fluctuates and I'm like, I'm going to draw tomorrow. And then like tomorrow comes and then the next day comes and then the next day. And then I, I never do it. Yeah. I, I know those feels. Yeah. One thing actually doing these shows has been like really good for me is like accountability and like making me actually like make sure that I get shit done. When I have responsibilities, I'm like, right on that fucking shit. But if it's like something I'm, I should do for myself in free time. Yeah. Never. Fucking, never. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I feel that. But yeah, when there's like some social obligation, I, I'm, I do it. I, I stick to it. It's, it's bizarre, right? Like work, running a game, doing the podcast, like whatever it's, Mm -hmm. It's easy. But then it's like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to, this time I swear I'm going to do my taxes. Yeah, but okay, but the next day, this day, okay, the next day. And then the and next then day. And then the next day. And then you're five years behind on your taxes. <laughs> and the IRS <laughs> is knocking on your door. <laughs> but because you're poor, they, but you because... can't milk a stone. <laughs> But but because we are Canadian, they're like, wait, wrong address. Yes. Oops. <laughs> wrong country. 
<laughs> uh, we have the CRA, the Canada Revenue Agency. Much less intimidating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Much less. <laughs> the worst that they do is, like, if they're really mad at you, they garnish your wages. They don't throw you in jail for fucking anything. Bizarre. Bizarre. It's like the best way to get money out of this person. Let's throw them in jail. Yeah, right? <laughs> throw them in jail for five years. And then after and by the time they're out, the stat the like their their tax debt would be erased from their credit report anyway. Yeah. 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 Oh Canada. So where, where are we at? Through Patriot oh. Love. Um, so are all thy thy sons, all of our. Hmm. Hot topic. We just <laughs> I just stumbled onto. <laughs> I forgot about the lyric change. Our uh, our dumb national anthem. Do you remember the lyric change? No. It was um, in all thy sons command, right? Right. Talking about all the men that have died in World War One and Two. Um, yeah. Boy, oh boy, did a lot of people have a problem with changing that to "In All of Our Command" to be non-gender. Mm. Some valid arguments against that. That. I initially was like, oh, it's fine. And that people had brought up with me and I was like, oh, okay, I see your point. But that's mm. for our uh, Canadian podcast. Yes. Uh, about our Canadian history podcast. About 72% of our listeners are American. So they're like, I don't even know any lyrics. I, I don't even know the Canadian national anthem, guys. It's kind Stop of talking. slow and boring, but it's short. So it's yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually a big fan of the American national anthem. I think it's I something you can play rock music in the background. <laughs> totally, yeah. Like the, the American, like the Star Spangled Banner, is actually a pretty banging national anthem. Like, right. <laughs> fucking uh, slaps, man. <laughs> yeah, that shit slaps. Um, a good, a good thing to like march troops to is like the Russian national anthem. Yeah, totally. Good thing to play Command and Conquer too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Red alert. Yeah. Red alert too. Play that with the Russian national anthem in the background. Uh so back at uh uh back at the maximal base, uh Black Arachne is strapped in and um oh. they're about Yeah, the she... time's ticking, and I forgot about the data she she has. Yeah, yeah. We're coming up to that. Uh one line that I like here is uh, I think it's Optimus is like, how do you feel? And she's like, uh, like a spider that just got squashed by an Energon bomb. <laughs> a spider that just got squashed by an Energon bomb. Yeah. Well, it's not as or deadly like, as or no, like someone yet. playing squash the spider with an Energon bomb. There it is. Ah, uh, okay. There. Well, that's they're going really far out there. Yeah. Right. Cybertronian fuck. Um, you know, yeah. So they're so they're about to do the uh, the the whole procedure, and she uh, decides to upload the uh, the the arcs like command codes and whatever to into Optimus Primal's 
data tracks just in right. case she, she does. She was the only one with that because she recorded all of the golden disc yeah. data. Is that how she got the arc stuff? Yep. Or did she get additional information in the arc? No, no, it's all from the golden discs. Yeah. So she transfers that data to. Optimus. Well, yeah, because yeah, it was in the golden disc, which was which were then destroyed. But there was a copy in Megatron's personal files, which she then uploaded into her data tracks, and then she destroyed his personal files. Makes so me wonder why Megatron didn't personally upload, download the. A- yeah, or didn't have a copy somewhere, like a flash drive lying USB around. USB somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> a, a three and a half inch floppy? <laughs> the, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Please. This is the twenty this is the twenty-fourth century. Shears. I am we CD, use CD ROMs. I got you knew you knew where I was going with that. He had the CD ROM like like disc drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got like the the weird like CD player on his dick laser. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. It's like modular. He can like put in like eight tracks too. Yeah. Um. So you know what? Good. But on not VCDs. No. Only players. <laughs> only players in Southeast Asia are compatible <laughs> with those. Cheers. I don't even know what that is. A VCD. No. I used to own Ghost in the Shell on BCD back in the early 2000s. I don't even know what that is. It is literally a CD with... It is a CD... Instead of having audio on it, it has video. And... um, It basically functions like a DVD, but it's like still has the same space limitations of a CD-ROM. So like a movie would be on like two discs all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And the video quality wasn't nearly as good. The reason why I had movies on VCD was because I was really into Dreamcast hacking back in the early 2000s. And you could hack the dream. Like, you could, like, there were all kinds, there was all kinds of, like, uh, custom brew software for Dreamcast back in the day. And one of them was, like, a VCD player, like a boot disc that, so the Dreamcast could play VCDs. And so I had, like, Ghost in the Shell and like a handful of other movies (laughs) that I like straight up just like bought on eBay and imported. That's amazing. Yeah. Old school hacking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I was a nerd. (laughs) That's rad. Yeah. I I had no idea. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So she uploads the shit to Optimus's head and. I just want to say good, good on her. She she did that unprompted. Like, yeah, and Optimus that is wasn't like, hey, you should give me the codes just in case you die. Yeah, it, and it is like it's kind of a noble thing too, because like she's handing over access to the arc systems to Optimus in case she dies. That doesn't help her. So no, it this helps here them. proves that she's not completely selfish. She pretends yeah. she is, right? Yeah. But she's only doing it in case she dies. But if she was completely selfish, right, she wouldn't give a shit. If she's dead, she's dead. Yeah. So I, I'm really impressed, and I, I really like that that gesture. Yeah, same. And uh, 
Rat trap says some rat, rat, trap, says some rat trap bullshit, and everybody punches him. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> tells him to shut up. <laughs> um, and yeah, they they put her in the device, and this thing like kind of red. Uh, yeah, yeah. She she's in this like cylindrical uh, chamber. Um, kind of looks like a big cog. Yeah, that she's like strapped into on the wall. Yeah, I want to say the voice actress and the lines written for Black Arachnia here. Good, good job. Like, agreed. Yeah, she's still Black Arachnia. She's still sassy and everything, but this is she's really relatable. Like she says when she goes into this like giant magnetized like death <laughs> machine thing, um, which is gonna be trippy. It's gonna we'll talk about it in a bit. She's like, "See you soon, boys, if you're lucky," mm -hmm. and. That's a very, I, uh, I, I like that line. Yeah, it's uh, it's got some sass to it. Yeah, and then we find out um what the op the operation actually is is Rhinox's um fantastic voyage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I was thinking when I was watching this the other day. <laughs> when I was watching this the other day, I'm like, man, Mainframe really likes the movie Fantastic Voyage. Because <laughs> this sure is like, because this is the second Fantastic Voyage episode they've done. Because they they did a Fantastic Voyage episode of reboot as well. <laughs> that was unashamed, like, like unapologetically Fantastic Voyage. This is a little, you know, Beast Wars twist on it. Yeah. What I thought it was going to be was kind of like a, a spiritual like th thing that we've seen before when the Maximals have been dreaming or like when Cheetor had to plug in to the pod for um, Air Razor. Yeah. Or to Rhinox. He had to give something to Rhinox or something, right? Um, he like entered like a dreamscape with Rhinox's subconscious. I thought no, it was going no, to be he, can, he, can you remind me? <laughs> what Rhinox he he went into sleep mode so Rhinox could uh, remove his locking chip, and while he right. was dreaming, he had this vision quest about what a spark right, was, right, and, right. and Rhinox was there. Oh yeah, he has like he's had like three vision <laughs> quests. Yeah, um, and we've even talked about on the show how like he's like Cheetor is a little clairvoyant. Like yeah, he has prophetic dreams. Well, and in, indeed, this season, apparently now he has Cheetah Sense, too. His, I completely his, forgot about that. Yeah, his spark in his left hip just, like, just, like, oh, start, just sounds off, and he's like, huh? Danger! And it's like... My Cheetah Sense is tingling! Yeah, it's like, wait, what? What is this? Will we find out? No, I don't think we will. Will we even see it again? No, probably not. What like turned him into like a werecat? Was it when he like the, touched the orb? The the transmetal two driver. Yeah. When he touched it and he had like weird dreams and transformed at night. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was when he like crashed into the like the energy beam in on the like Frankenstein's ridge. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So yeah. it's affected. So you know what? To give Black Arachne a credit the energy of this artifact has affected Cheetor accidentally with, with good results. So 
So it would make sense if she experimented and messed around with it that it it might be able to change her for the better. Well, and it, it was used to create uh, Dino Bot Clone Two. Yeah, Dino yeah. Clone Two, uh, Electric Cloneroo. This <laughs> <laughs> is the best I can, better than I can think of. Uh, Something weird ass happens. Electric Sparkaroo. Oh, there, there we go. <laughs> so, like, like an Atari game or like an arcade game, a green laser gets shot into Black Arachnia's chest, and he puts her in lockdown mode. Yeah, and um, yeah, he sends a he, probe into her, and the the probe goes all fantastic voyage, and it flies around, and it's like literally a little her. submarine with lasers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we see the uh, the Predacon uh, shell program, which kind of just looks like a parasitic lo- heart. Yeah, with like webs, electron, electron, um, energon, Ner- like nerve, like yeah, like neurons. Yeah, it's it's there's there's organic looking tendrils that attach this to their core. Yeah. So it's it's kind of parasitic. It's cool looking though. I'll give them that. Yeah, it's very um uh much more than anything else in this show thus far. Like this is very like it's very 90s computer shit looking. It's a good way to describe it. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is tech demo. Yeah, yeah. So what's so Redox doing in here? He's like shooting and severing the these nerves. Yeah, destroying them one by one. And uh, Tarantulas gets a um, in his lair. A computer warning. Gets a computer alert saying that shell program T seventy is in jeopardy. And he's like black arachnia. And he radios Megatron, who is chilling out in his energy in his energon jacuzzi with Ducky. He says something to Tarantulas when he's chilling uh, in the vid window. Um, he says, "Oh, Lieutenant, what news do you bring?" And I'm like, "Was Tarantulas always a lieutenant?" Well, he, we found out in the agenda that he is a lieutenant in the Predacon's secret police. Remember. Hmm. Interesting that Megatron would acknowledge that. But there's a lot that we were like when we were like, why is Tarantulas back? Yeah. But we you had come to the we, conclusion that when he saw Megatron's true intentions and his loyalty to G1 the Megatron. Yeah. The G1 Megatron. Um that changed everything because Tarantulas was a loyalist. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's so he's you, kept his lieutenant status. <laughs> you you kind of like the show doesn't really go out of its way to explain it, so you have to kind of connect the dots yourself. The gaps. Yeah. Yeah. I'm satisfied with that answer. Yeah. Yeah, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. It also brings Tarantulas back into the fold. Yeah. It's kind of weird him just being off on his own. Mm-hmm. 
interesting, but but limiting. Um, so they exchange some dialogue. Uh, uh, Tarantulas tells Megatron that uh, the Maximals are trying to uh, remove Black Arachnia's Predacon shell program. And Megatron's like, impossible! They would never, unless they've transferred the they've transferred the Ark's access codes to Optimus Primal. I I just want to say, I think that those are like gigabrain like conclusions to make. Yeah. So when he said, I, I, I like that. When when he said. When Megatron said they would never, what I thought he was going, like, what I thought he was going to say was they would never, like, risk destroying, potentially destroying one of their own. But no, no, he doesn't say that. No, what he says is, like, oh, they would never uh, risk, like, losing the, uh, uh, the ARC's access codes. I think that conclusion is wrong. Sorry, he he came to the correct conclusion the wrong way. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like when a teacher says, oh, please show your work when you do the math. But you never do, you, but you still know know the answer. Yeah, yeah, that was me <laughs> in school. It's kind of like that. <laughs> that meet me too. It's it's kind of like that. He's He's like, oh, they'd never risk losing the access codes. So they must have transferred the codes beforehand. And who would they most likely transfer them to? Primal. And I'm like, you came to the right con conclusion, but the way you got there was not correct. And then uh, Megatron says the line, which fits in nicely with our little plan for him. Huh. Hmm. So... Stay tuned to find out what that is. I love Megatron schemes. Yeah, me too. I feel like uh, this Megatron is a lot more... Less ambitious, more clever than G1 Mega <laughs> Megatron. I think he's ambitious. He's just more... Stuck on a planet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he's also more... ambitious can you get here? <laughs> He's more subtle and nuanced, subterfuge. Nuanced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where whereas like G1 Megatron is like is like very straightforward. We'll attack an Autobot shuttle and fly it to Autobot City past their defenses and then destroy Autobot City and the Autobots will be vanquished forever. Once and for all. I know that was an absolutely atrocious G1 Megatron impression. I apologize <laughs> to everyone. Um, but yeah, like Dear that's basically... Christopher Siege, you <laughs> piece of... <laughs> How dare you insult the memory of... <laughs> dear, dear Christopher Siege, how dare you insult the memory of... G1 Megatron, I will have you know, G1 Megatron is a brilliant tactician and a genius. And, you, and sir, your impression didn't even sound like... <laughs> your impression is an insult 
to everything G1 Megatron and indeed Transformers as a property stands for, you are not a real Transformers fan. So I would say I am not listening to your podcast anymore and I'm giving it a one-star rating on iTunes and Google Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts. I don't even listen to those services, but I will make I'm a signing point. up just to one-star you. Just to one-star you. And also, I would just like to say, you have bad teeth. Signed. Fuck you. I say good day. <laughs> I say good day to you, sir. I would say and then you're blocked. I would say good day to you, sir, but I don't want you to have a good day. Okay. <laughs> I think that's one of your favorite monologues. <laughs> like that that was too perfect. <laughs> I have read uh, some cringy super fan <laughs> complaints and I you're like insufferable nerd voice is like I think my favorite nice <laughs> nerd like like geek voice yeah <laughs> uh, I just had it's to like throw a little bit more nasally and an annoying comic book guy yeah yeah <laughs> I've known many of those types over the years Oh man, especially in like the the circles, like we, man, and the gatekeeping that, yeah, yeah, impossible. It's more likely than you think. <laughs> <laughs> is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's probably a good random outro or intro. <laughs> Wait, Megatron is a like a squeak yeah, toy? Yeah, duck, oh, it's his rubber ducky. ducky. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cybertronian rubber ducky. <laughs> so uh Rhinox figures out on his fantastic voyage that uh Tarantula. Yeah, Tarantulas has installed like some kind of like safety protocols, which Tarantula in the previous scene, Tarantulas told Megatron about that there were safeguards yeah. in place. Um it's like a like a auto kill function. Yeah, basically. So if anyone tampers with it, yeah, kills like arachnia. Yeah, it like fries her maximal core, basically. Fuck you, tarantulas. I mean, it's a very tarantulas move. Well, it's also like it's a good idea, really. Like. You don't yeah. want her to like you don't or not necessarily her in particular, but like you don't any want of the converted maximals. Any, you don't want them to acquire like all kinds of like tactical information about the Predacons if the Predacons like actually have Predacon. fucking tactics. <laughs> they have the Predacon maneuver, which they bust out in the next scene, which is hide behind rock and shoot. And shoot. <laughs> yeah. It's like the maximal maneuver, but with guns. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's but, more offensive but yeah, than defensive. Yeah, yeah. But uh but yeah, no, it, it makes sense because like you don't want them to like have like the Predacon secrets basically and then remove their Predacon shell program and then take all those secrets back to the enemy. So like the I layout it. of the base that both 
Cheetor and Rat Trap have memorized. <laughs> yep. That they can just bring out a like wireframe model of at the dinner table <laughs> whenever they want. Because they've been into the base like six times. Oh, sorry, Optimus too. Yeah. I forgot he rampaged through the base. Has who hasn't? Rhinox was it a Predacon? Is everyone present completely familiar with the dark side? Black Arachnia, Rhinox, Rat Trap, Cheetor, yes. Optimus. Yeah. Depth yeah. Charge is the only. Yeah. yeah and where, where the fuck is he in all of this? Where, is he I, even I was... in this episode? Nope. No, he isn't. Thank God. <laughs> He's off doing Depth Charge things. Um, thank God. <laughs> um doing he's 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 off writing like slam poetry about rampage (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck probably um yeah so they're all completely familiar with the dark side so i think it's funny that it's like oh to cover up like predacon secrets and i'm like what what predacon secrets hey that's just my that's just my no, no. I, I I agree. <laughs> completely agree with you. But like you said, like what tactics? Yeah. What what secret <laughs> secrets do they have? Like Megatron doesn't even share his um intentions with anyone, save Inferno. Yeah. He lets Inferno in on some some details. That's because he's stupidly loyal. Yeah. It's like a stupider, less scientific Scorponok. <laughs> So, but he makes people they... burn. That's true, and he can fly. Yep. <laughs> Checkmate, I guess. <laughs> um, so the, the he Predacon... makes people burn. Never use does it once. Oh, he's done it once to himself. Oh, then he's done it twice. <laughs> he's made himself burn, and he's burned tarantulas. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, not bad. No maximals though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so why are the why are the the Predacons like assaulting Ark Mountain? So they're attacking Ark Mountain, and uh, Optimus actually points it out. Uh, actually mentions because Rattrap is like, man, it it seems like they're just shooting at the air. They're, like they're just shooting at the walls. Like they're okay, they're not yeah. even really trying to attack. And Megatron or Megatron, uh, Optimus is like, uh, they're trying to like weaken our power. Like they're trying to right. Yeah, specifically w- disrupt the power because thus they must know that they're doing something that requires a lot of energy. So yeah. he draws the conclusion well, they're trying to fuck with the procedure. Right? Well, well, uh, Tarantulas got word that uh, the Maximals are fucking with the shell program and he told yeah. Megatron about it. So Megatron sent the Predacons over to uh, Arc Mountain to fuck with the the proceedings and optimus Optimus even optimus even says uh uh, they must know what we're doing somehow i just i just read that part yeah yeah so he turns to um silverbolt rhinox turns to silverbolt and he's like we have to keep the system stable so try to keep the power levels up is this some star trek Bullshit? No, this is totally like, some Star Trek shit in this scene. <laughs> like moving power from one part of the base to another is yeah. like the most Star Trek shit like ever. I'm like, what is Silverbolt gonna do? Shouldn't he go out 
isn't the, the most effective way to help right now send everyone else out to fight the Predacons off? But no, he's like well, they, on well, the they side need, on a terminal. Well, op, or, uh, Rhinox, engineering. Is, Rhinox is busy like controlling the probe. And he needs someone to like make sure the power level stays stable. Stay, yeah, Star Trek. Stay, stay stable. Yeah, I don't know why that was so difficult to say. <laughs> Your um, favorite female wrestler from the yeah. WWE. <laughs> also, the favorite of Bork Laser. Cheers. There you go. So um, it's it's like some it's like the engineering department, like moving energy levels around. Yeah. Silverbolts on divert the power, divert auxiliary power from yeah, yeah. It, it's very and indeed, like this episode was written by an OG Star Trek writer. So yeah, so yeah, I, I kind of like that. And it's yeah, a so good, do I. Good episode, yeah. It and it makes it, sense because they're they're using the power of a little bit of the power of the arc, aren't they? Or am I mistaken? It yeah, they are. Yeah, uh, it it's a neat throwback to Star Trek without opening an episode being it's like and, Andrea's it. log and having like a character like straight up do like a really bad or have like a character voiced by Cheetor doing a really bad William Shatner impression. We're, we're talking about a specific episode, episode or reboot that was that written is, by also written by DC Fontana. So when there are natural references to other, um, other series, other TV shows, it's fine. I, I like it. Other people like it. When it's painful and characters go out of their way to do things that they wouldn't do, and it's just hammered in your face like every five seconds. Yeah. Ooh. It's like yes, we get it. Start. There's there's like five hundred Star Trek references in one episode of reboot, and it is unbearable. Yeah. It's not yeah. even an episode of reboot. It's a bad episode of the original series. A very <laughs> bad point. episode. Yeah, yeah, not it's, even a, a decent episode of it, the It's a bad series. episode of the original series meets City of Heroes. <laughs> I, it, that is literally how we described it. So you want to hear a bitch about City of Heroes, Star Trunk. <laughs> yeah, check that episode of Alpha Check out Alpha Numeric. Um, yeah, let's... Uh, all right, back let's, to Let's D-Source. move this on, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's pick this up a bit. So... Rhinox uh, is having some trouble thing, because go ahead. One one thing, quick thing I will point out is Optimus is like we we've got to go out there and fight them, and he says Optimus Primal maximize and turns into his stupid little jet when he says it. Yeah, that's that's like the depth be- charge shit. So like he, he doesn't say beast mode, but he doesn't have a beast mode. Wait, yes he. He does. Okay, so yeah. Optimus... Well, and before he's turned into that that dumb looking right. jet and his said flight mode. Ma- Maximize <laughs> is supposed to turn you into your robot form. Yes, yes. That that, that has been the way of things for, for over two, two episodes seasons. of this two or two episodes, two seasons of this show. And all of a sudden in season three, it's like we're just throwing the rules out of the activation codes out the window. Maximize sometimes turns you into your flight mode or manta ray mode or jet mode yeah. or whatever. I don't like it. Pisses me off. This is a simple rule to follow. Yeah. Come, come on. <laughs> I don't like it. It pisses me off. <laughs> Man, it pisses me off. Nerds, but it's come on, come on, keep the continuity, guys. 
So what happens when you, inside? When you say maximize, you're supposed to go into your gosh darn robot mode. That's what you're supposed to do. It's real simple. It ain't hard. You got your beast mode and you got your maximize. <laughs> you're you either a cheetah or you're a robot. <laughs> you got your maximize and you got your terrorize. And when you say those words, you turn from your beast mode into your robot mode. Not the other way around. That's not the way we do things around here. No, sir. No, sir. Look at us now. <laughs> now we're just throwing all them rules out. Why even Why even have a beast mode at all? What's, ne what's next? A, ro a beast mode? It, like, you're going to go from one beast mode to the next? Like well, What's next? A combat mode? A flat mode? Why even have a beast mode at all? You just turn from run one robot form into another. You might as well just say maximize or terrorize for every single mode. <laughs> beast mode a la mode with a side of ice cream. <laughs> Would I transform my truck and take the hitch down to have a barbecue out in the field? Is that am I maximizing my truck now? <laughs> oh. Sorry, listeners, we're done. <laughs> uh, I was. This is uh, a good episode. Usually, no, we it, go is, off it, is, when, it is a good episode. It's a bad episode. <laughs> I, I was going for some like some some subtle uh, social commentary with what I was saying. I was alluding to something. Uh oh. Some some real world issues. I just uh, ran with your southern thing and <laughs> uh but yes anyway all right that's so uh, while rhinox is in the the heart of darkness uh <laughs> nice he's having to fight these little like like sparks that move up the nerves as yeah. he's destroying the nerves and he needs to shoot them before they reach like the core the maximal core presumably knocking black arachnia offline and it normally just sends one out, but it releases two at once. Mm -hmm. Increases the difficulty as you start destroying more nerves. And part of me is like, shouldn't he just destroy the nerve that those two sparks were on? Or maybe it doesn't work like that. I'm, I'm nitpicking. Anyways, it's bad news bears, but he gets one and he almost gets the other. And uh... there's a reason he misses the second little like um sabotage spark um tarantulas pulls out like a giant bazooka as if he knew like rhinox was in there there's like little joysticks he he just like he he just knew exactly when to when to shoot for dramatic effect jostle the the base yeah yeah and he pulls out this huge acme like rocket launcher and comically gets flown backwards as he shoots it and um just actually this bazooka is kind of badass looking it looks Although, on the tip of it the on the very tip of the missile it has a no maximal symbol it has a maximal I... symbol with like <laughs> the ghostbusters thing but yeah. with the maximal yeah yeah i just know i wouldn't have noticed that if i didn't rewind it's yeah. amazing it has a sight on it like an aperture sight and i'm like i 
I think you just aim at a generic large area and shoot this thing, don't you? But maybe it has tracking of some sort. I don't know tarantulas' weapons. Um, and yeah, this giant comical rocket um, jostles Rhinox when he's inside uh, Black Arachnia. And uh, he, Bow Chicka Bow Wow. The. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just make faces and it's, <laughs> it's enough. Um, I, you know what? I wonder, I react like my reactions a lot of the time are like nonverbal. Audio listeners listeners must just think I, I go awkwardly silent yeah. <laughs> at, at certain points. But if you go and watch us on YouTube, um, I assure you I'm flailing around like a Muppet half of the time. Yeah. Mostly like Kermit. Uh, so oh, anyways... That, that actually made me think of something I gotta mention off-air in regards to something that uh, we talked about on the outtakes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, um, remind you. I'll probably forget. So, what happened here? So will I. Mission, <laughs> mission failed. Yeah, fish, yeah, fish and mailed one of the... Um... <laughs> There's there's the the Metal Gear reference for this episode. Everybody um, gets one. Um, yeah, fission mailed the uh, the energy thing like goes into Black Arachnia's core and uh, flatline sound. Flatline. She did. She did. And uh, Silverbolt uh, looks really sad, but then he looks really angry, and we hear a bitchin' guitar riff as he like clenches his fist and like his face turns to anger. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, so on board for like revenge, like revenge spree silver bolt. I could, that would move him from like the kind, cause you probably think he's like very one dimensional or like boring. Right. Kind of. Yeah. I was so on, I kind of like him. I like him a little bit more than you, but I was so on board for like like the Punisher Sil Silverbolt edition. Yeah, I was like, oh, please. I mean, I like that Black Arachne actually is reborn. Is yeah, reborn. She lives. I, she she lives. comes back. But I wanted Punisher Silverbolt. <laughs> like I wanted him to just start executing like Predacons that he that he beats. I mean, he never beats any, but, <laughs> but yeah. maybe badass Silverbolt does. So the uh, the Predacons withdraw, and Rat Trap is like, "Yeah, we kick their ass," and Optimus is like, "No, something's wrong." And Rhinox comes out and is like, "Yeah, Black Arachne is dead, basically." And uh, they all kind of have a mini, just like when they thought Rat Trap was dead in season one. They yeah. all kind of say a few words. Yeah, and like, oh, we should have trusted her more, believed in her, yada yada yada, as they're yeah. like stand like huddled around her dead body. And someone like, wait, where's Silverbolt? Yeah, wait, where's Silverbolt? Oh no. We better go find out. And then uh the transmetal driver is in the same room as her, coincidentally. How convenient. Mm -hmm. And it starts glowing. Mm -hmm. and, and we cut to Silverbolt chasing down uh, Tarantulas, 
and cut uh, back and forth. And when we cut back to the uh, Arc Mountain, uh, the Transmetal Driver is floats over to Black Arachnia's body and spins in front of her chest, like powering up. Just before we go back there, um, so uh, Silverbolt attacks Tarantulas and Tarantulas, like his like weird like shoulder things, like actually like turn forward and start spinning and shooting like machine guns, like machine gun blasts. Have we ever seen that before? Because it's pretty fucking cool looking. At around 1650 on 2B. We've briefly seen it, but not up close. Oh, okay. Because these things are cool. It look like um design-wise makes perfect sense. Oh yeah, yeah. Those like his, his wheels having those like holes actually just like shooting. So he doesn't use his um what did they uh you know how like um OG uh, Tarantulas and Black Arachnia shoot out of their legs, their spider legs, like machine yeah. guns. That's yeah. cool, but like the giant like shoulder pauldron wheels shooting is it's pretty cool too. Yeah, you might be right. Maybe we've never seen that. I don't know. I don't remember seeing it, but we we could have seen it in passing or something, and I just it's didn't cool. notice. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's always like new weird shit that we're like noticing. And yeah, like you were saying back at Arc Mountain, the transmetal driver like perks right up and like flies and goes, up goes and over it, to her. Yeah. Yeah, it goes over to her. It's like down. Yeah, spinning around and like starts glowing and her and body starts shaking. Her, her body starts shaking, her mouth opens, and like the sound of like a heartbeat slowly coming back. Yeah. Which I mean, do they have hearts? It's in, whenever it showed a, a spark, it's always sh- up close and exposed, like in the pods. It's always shown them going, boo-doo, boo-doo, mm. boo-doo. oh like, yeah, yeah, kind of like an uh, not quite like a heart, but just its own kind of like special sound effect. But yeah. this, this doesn't sound like that. It sounds more like a human heart. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to nitpick that. And yeah, blue like tendrils, like come out and go inside of Black Arachnia's body. And somehow, um, in the battle with Tarantulas, um, Silverbolt is winning. <laughs> he does. Like, this is kind of badass, and I wish, this... like, he'd gone the full nine. He takes one of his, like, um, his, like, style hand grenades that stick out of his wing. His, like, stick grenades. And like sticks it into the ground straight up and picks up Tarantulas and is straight up going to impale him on this thing. Like, and I wish picks him up over his head. Yeah. And, and he's going to slam him down and fucking impale him. And I'm like, I like, I wish they'd just gone the full nine. Like we've seen characters on the show get impaled before. Oh, that's a good point. Tarantulas uh, also, specifically. Uh, <laughs> also, um, this yeah, would be rage. a good time to kill off Tarantulas. Like, isn't that a fucking, like, crazy bad... Like, if he killed him, and then realizing that Black Arachnia is still alive, has regrets, like, has, has some sorrow over taking a life, even yeah. an enemy one, that's even though it's Tarantulas. I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't fucking care. I'd be like, <laughs> I'll, I will kill 
I will kill tarantulas 10 times in different ways, <laughs> in different parallel universes. I will find ways to enjoy it. But I think they should have given him that. He should have just fucking like killed him. Agreed. Ugh. It would have made Silverbolt's character a lot more interesting too. And uh, Ooh, Rampage is watching and like licking his lips, and he's like, "Such pain, such glorious suffering." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he I yells at even it. He yells out to Silverbolt too. He's like, "Now, now, that's not a very maximal thing to do." <laughs> yeah, what does he do? He like shoot, shoots him and stops him from killing tarantulas. Yeah, I feel like. Rampage would let him do it and then stop him. Like, let Same. him kill Tarantulas and then attack Silverbolt. Yeah. Because then he he could be like, oh, I arrived too late. And he doesn't like the Predacons. Yeah. Like, he wants to kill them. Probably more than the Maximals, if you ask me. Maybe an equal amount, but he's only being, like enslaved by one side right now so yeah yeah you kind of feel like his no enemy number one is megatron yeah yeah so i would have let i feel like rampage would have let um silverbolt kill tarantulas first but the show likes tarantulas he's a popular cringy villain so they keep him on the show and apparently some of the listeners really like tarantulas too <laughs> As it, I've, do they talk as shit I've, about us making fun of hating on tarantulas? No, just uh, I've uh, gotten like DMs and like comments and whatnot uh, from people being like, hey, I really like tarantulas. He's my favorite character. I like him as like a villainous character. Yeah. I don't, I don't like him. It, it's hard to describe. Like I can like a villain because oh they add a lot to like the show but i can think they're creepy and evil and deserve death like if i practice like empathy like for the show yeah I, right like i he's not a good guy <laughs> he's he's an effective villain i'll give him that yes yeah you love to hate him speaking of which uh uh yeah rampage shoots silverbolt and then like steps on his arm so he can't as he's trying to reach for his like hand grenade thing yeah and stick then grenade thing a very un yeah a very un is that his only weapon I feel well like we've talked about that before it, it yeah. is his only weapon at this point he can shoot them or he can throw them or he can hit things with them oh like a melee weapon yeah yeah I, I feel like Which, he got the short end of the stick as far as weapons go the short end of the stick you say oh <laughs> yes the, the short end of the steel hand granat which um i feel like using an explosive device as a melee weapon is probably not somebody? wise <laughs> I've, I've always wondered that i'm like what this is not a good up close weapon homie rampage does something on rampage of him and uh pins him down and points his gun at him and he's like huh over so fast this will hardly be any fun at all. And we and hear like, Black Arachnia's voice yell out, Yeah, for you, Creepazoid. This will be very painful for you. <laughs> and I'm like, how'd she get there so fast? Well, she's Transmetal 2 now. Two. Oh, 
oh, she's not just Transmetal, she's Transmetal too. Yeah. So now, oh, poor Rhinox. Uh, he's, he's like one of the <laughs> only ones at the bottom of the... What yeah, do we got? It, Rhinox? Him, pretty much him and Inferno. Him, Inferno, Inferno and Waspinator. And Waspinator. Yeah. Um, Last year's model. <laughs> yeah, and we see a Transmetal Spider... And she uh, yells out Black Arachnia Maximize. Maximize specifically. Yeah, she's a Maximal now. Is this Predacon the first time shell... you've heard her say Maximize? Yep. Predacon now, shell program's gone. Even though she's been with the um, Maximals, has she just transformed without any audio cue? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, right? Yeah. Because um, I... Don't think she said terrorize, but she's never committed to maximize. Yeah, Am I correct. So well, she I'm, she's not she's never considered herself a maximal. She's just working with them out of necessity. Yeah. So when she says maximize, I was like, hold up, though is is the Predacon like part dead? Is that why she's willing yeah. to say that? Yeah. The the Predacon shell programming is gone. I, okay, I was gonna that that was my question of the episode. Is like it is it gone or is she yep. how much is she the same? Because she was worried it would fundamentally change her personality. And it doesn't appear to have. Doesn't appear to have, so uh so, so I, I think it's dope. I she yeah, I she tra she transforms and's got a pretty sweet looking transmetal body. Love the new look. And goodbye. <laughs> That's what made me laugh earlier. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, rampant. Uh, I'll put that as the audio at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> it's um, a funny line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when she does like a triple sow cow, sow cow, uh, down and dodges the shot, she lands right in front of him. <laughs> this is what I laughed at. And she's like, You missed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows. <laughs> you landed in front of him. She has yeah. human teeth. With like vampire fangs, she does. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of dig it. I like the vampire fangs, but it's weird when you see Cybertronians with human teeth. Um, I get the same weird vibes when um, Transmetal Optimus had sharp teeth. I'm always like, ah, oh, it's just a little disarming. But I like the the vampire fangs. She's mm. got, she still got her luscious lips. They gave her a nose when she didn't have a nose before. Not used to it, like a human nose. Mm. Um, not quite used to to that because before she's got kind of what has she got? She has kind of like a button nose, right? Like it comes down and it's just like a little triangle, and it's not much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I still like it. I just like her OG form more. I have no, I have no thoughts about her yeah. nose. I didn't even really notice, honestly. She's got heels, though. Just so. saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so and she she kung fu she Chun Li's rampage. Yeah, and then she goes to beast mode, and then attaches a web to him, and then spins him around, doesn't around the world, and then she says a weird line. She's like, "Some crabs just ne never know when to let go," and I'm like, "Okay, what?" 
I like your willingness to try catchphrases. <laughs> but but it's it's like a two out of ten. <laughs> Do you know what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? Oh god. <laughs> the same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> the greatest line in uh in uh I, like audibly all of facepalmed. Films released in the year 2000. Yes. It's an OG, like X-Men. Yeah, it's, from, it's, it's a line. It's a line from the first X-Men film. What were the right... Is that funny? I I uh, give Storms a, a 2 out of 10, and I give um, Black Arachne as a 1 out of 10. <laughs> They're both <laughs> bad. So she finally lets go of him and throws him toward the mountain and there is a comical like black just like cutout of like his shape. Oh, Looney, when Looney Tunes like slam through walls and it leaves a like a, a perfect outline in the wall. Yeah. Except it's solid stone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Black Arachne, Transmetal Black Arachne saves the day. She sure and, does. And uh, back at Arc Mountain, and she's like, okay, all right, I I'll just say what she says, basically. She says, I wish I could explain it. Like, basically, I was dead, walking toward a light, and then all of a sudden, I'm, uh, I I'm racing towards Silverbolt and saving him. And so, the the transmetal driver in this episode is the Deus Ex Machina to end all Deus Ex Machinas. And they're so she is acknowledging that she doesn't understand what happened or why that happened, but it happened. Now, this is a prime example of a writer hanging a lantern on something. Because we know that this is really hokey, that this just happened without any explanation. So to divert attention away from that, Black Arachnia is acknowledging that it's weird that there's no explanation for it. These guys don't have security cameras in their face. <laughs> I, I've said it before, and I've said it again. Hanging a lantern on something is just covering up bad writing. Now, if it, it and this is an otherwise like actually pretty good episode, but the transmetal I'm driver, less offended by it. The transmetal driver suddenly. Uh, I'll Get go on to this more when we when we summarize, give our thoughts about this okay. episode. Um, it's suddenly moving over to her body when it was like inactive before and glowing energy and like reviving her is I better get a lot of answers. <laughs> that is like, I'm okay with it if there are answers and I'm mm -hmm. skeptical that there will be. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, that particular item is actually like a relic of blah, blah, blah. And it was designed to revive blah, blah, blah. It's essentially like um, ancient alien, like, um, like shock paddles. If you told me that, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, 
I don't mean to rain on your parade, but I've looked on the Transformers wiki. The Transmetal Driver is never explained. We get nothing about nothing. why it flew over to her and consciously, as if it were alive, s- s- powered up and, and revived her. Mm. Nothing. Well, there you go, folks. All these answers, none of these none answers of the- and more. <laughs> and, and more will ever be answered about this 25-year-old cartoon. Um, yeah, so Silverbolt and Black Arachne exchange some dialogue and he's just like, oh, I thought you were dead. And she's like, oh, I, you can't get rid of a prize like me that easily, Jojo. Which was I like line. that she calls I, him I Jojo. Like, yeah. I, I liked that too. I'm actually fine with their relationship and the writing for it. Yeah. People, when I was a kid, I was like, ugh, 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 really mushy. And now I just kind of like it. I'm like, I, I like it. Yeah. Like they're... I like that she's not afraid to. She's never shown affection to him in front of the others until now. So I, he's he's always been after her, and she's kind of just been like, uh. and then in private they've they've oh boy smooching time. So, so she, I I like that. She gives him a kiss, and uh, it shocks him. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And for some reason, my monitor keeps turning off randomly. It's to let you know that we've been recording too long and we should... No, no, it's been doing it all night. I gotta maybe figure that out after we're done recording. The wire or something. But she says something to him. She's like, hey, if you keep trying to, like, put your life in danger and trying to save me... And if I have to keep saving you when you're trying to save me basically then our uh what does she say then our future is in doubt yeah so so knock it off i i like their lives and he's like i cannot accept that because i will forever be your champion my lady and i'm like you get a pass on that one (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah, so that's the episode. There it is. Uh, here on Too Much Energon, we rate episodes on the Too Much Energon scale, which ranges from not enough Energon to sufficient Energon to too much Energon, which is basically bad, okay, good. Uh, Cal, what are you rating Crossing the Rubicon? It just fell into hmm, migrating on a scale. I don't want to be too hasty. I haven't rated think anything of, in this season. Think about last week. Think about last week's episode. Oh, well, in that case, <laughs> if we're, if we're, that, that's a good fucking point, man. <laughs> I gave that way higher than you did. Um, you know yes. what? This is too much energy on for me. Not necessarily because of the plot, but the plot was okay. And what made it for me was Black Arachnia's dialogue and her interactions with the others and her lowering her guard a bit. And also she looks cool. Yeah. Rhinox like burdened again with saving someone's life. Fuck man. Like this guy's going to have mental breakdown soon. <laughs> It's like, oh, something scientific and dangerous needs to be done. Rhinox, here you go. And he's like, okay. 
<laughs> it's too much energon. I yeah. I fucking like it, man. I, I I like how it ended. Uh yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you went with the too much energon rating because I'm gonna give this episode a low too much energon. But it it falls into too much energon for you. It's the first too much energon of the season. Yeah, we yeah, and it's from both of us. Yeah, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I like this episode. Uh, I, this episode has a pretty. I, I like the emotional core of this episode. The, uh, just black arachnia facing death. Yeah, yeah, black arachnia so like struggling with the like the the notion of like oh well what now I I die or I become a maximal and I like how the rest of the maximals are really like rallying behind her. Yeah, man, like she she was, and and they had that moment of like oh shit like, man we should have trusted her more. So her yeah. actually being alive. They can they can fulfill that that better now. the The episode moves along really quickly. the The pacing's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, revenge, like vengeance quest, uh, Silverbolt, like that shit oh, was awesome. Gonna murder tarantulas, not even in a quick way, like a like a yeah. Punisher way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, Black Arachnia's new form. Uh, Black Arachnia had some great lines this episode, and she uh, really did. Venus Terzo, uh, her voice actress, delivered them oh, rather well. I think this is probably line. this is probably the best episode of the season so far. Oh, easily. Um, I I, I, yeah. I I do quite like Optimal Situation, but uh, it's pretty this, good. It's pretty good. This a, this ep episode okay. gets a gets a slightly higher rating from me. It's oh, you losing... like it a little bit more. I do, yeah. It's losing points because of the Deus Ex Machina. At the end. There's um, so much unexplained alien shit that it doesn't bug, <laughs> bug me anymore. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, sure. Make Dino Clone 2 out of it. Uh, uh, you know what? Where where Cheetah Cheetor 2? Uh, why the fuck not? He's a where Cheetah. Yeah. He, so at this point, after... Like where Cheetah? Like defeating like the, the primal side of his mind, the feral side of his mind. Oh, an orb floating over Black Arachne and just reviving her. It's lazy. It would have been cooler if she had I kind of like Cheetor, but I kind of wonder if uh uh Black Arachnia hanging a lantern on the Deus Ex Machina. I kind of wonder if that was DC Fontana at least trying to salve like cause cause she's like a per, like a professional like TV writer. She's absolutely been, she'd yeah. been writing in television for like 30 years by this point. I kind of wonder if that was her trying to basically reconcile with something that in a story that she was given because usually in shows like this like the the story is written up by the showrunners and then they hand it off to the person to write the script for the episode i wonder if that was her like just trying to reconcile like a story element that she recognized was just completely unexplained and she's like and her being like a classic like tv writer was like 
okay, well, I'm just going to hang a lantern on this. And kind of be like, when you have the characters go, nobody knows. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because like, we we don't, we don't really see that much in this show. Like all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff goes unexplained in the show. And we never really see characters actually hang, hang a lantern on it. But in this episode, acknowledge that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But in this episode, someone did. They're just forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I kind of wonder, but, uh, but yeah, uh, pretty huge Deus Ex Machina. So it, the episode loses points from me for it. And my monitor turned off again. This is getting frustrating. How dare. Um, how dare indeed. Uh, so you that are my ha- slave machine. You will behave as you are meant to. <laughs> so that has been uh, episode nine of the third season of Beast Wars. Uh, crossing the Rubicon. Too much uh, energy. John. Finally. Finally, <laughs> the, the spider has come back to Planet Energon. <laughs> the spider has come back to Planet Energon. Uh, if you yeah, want to yeah. support, if you want to support the the show, uh, wherever you're listening to this, give it a like, give it a subscribe, give it a thumbs up, give it a five star rating. Anything helps us out with discoverability. Uh, Check out the website, www.toomuchenergon.ca, where you can listen to embedded episodes of every episode of this show. Uh, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash toomuchenergon, or for a more generalized laser comb Facebook page, which has posts. the laser comb has posts, Yeah, has posts relating to every every podcast that uh, that I produce. Uh, Facebook.com slash Lasercomb. L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. And speaking of that, you can follow me on Twitter at the same. Uh, I am at Lasercomb on Twitter. And you can also follow the show's Twitter account at Too Much Energon. Cal, you have Twitter as well, yes? I, I, have, a t- I have a tweet. I, a I single tweet. Using, I, ha- I stopped using the Facebook and I I thought, because I, I, I like watching birds, so I was like, I'll go to Twitter. People upload birds there, right? And so, <laughs> you know what? I, I semi-joke. <laughs> like, there's an inside joke between, like, like that Snidler made on Alphanumeric that um, yeah, I join and I just upload pictures of birds. But I, I kind that's kind of what I've just been doing. <laughs> like, oh, look at these geese. Oh, look at these ducks. <laughs> Um, it's the perfect but, platform for it, right? It's perfect, yeah. Isn't that what Twitter is about? Um, but you can find follow me at Neo underscore Cal with a K. All right. Uh, that has been uh, episode 43 of Too Much Energon. We will be back next week with the 10th episode of season three of Beast Wars. Master Blaster. And uh, <laughs> Master Blaster. What that means is we have three more weeks of covering no Beast Wars episodes. Wow. Yep, we're we're almost there, folks. Master Blaster. What in tarnation sure indeed. Oh no, I just looked at the synopsis. Yep. What in tarnation indeed. Fuck. <laughs>
I'm, don't worry. I'm sure Quick Strike will grow on me in the next three episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, with that being said, uh, we've been going on for a while here. So we're going uh, to log off. And- we're going to convert back to beast mode and head to base. Or are we going to so, maximize? We can uh, say whatever we want now. There are no rules, yeah, 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 right? We don't even have to say anything. All right. <laughs> I have been one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. And I'm your other host, NeoCal. And until next week, maximize! Beast mode? Without living in fear of a drive-by And even if I get away from them drive-by killers I still got to worry about those snitch-ass I keep on searching and I keep on looking But n****s are the same from watch to Brooklyn I try to keep my faith in my people But sometimes my people be yakking like they evil You don't understand about running with a gang Cause you don't gangbang And you don't have to stand on the corner and slang Cause you got your own thing You can't help me if you can't help yourself You better make a laugh 